This is Rob Goldstone, editor of Current Directions in Psychological Science. Today's guest is Rebecca Treeman, professor of psychological and brain sciences and Burke and Elizabeth High Baker Professor of Child Development in Arts and Sciences at Washington University. She is the author of the recently published article, Learning to Write Words. Thank you for being here, Becca. Thank you for having me. So learning to write proficiently in one's native language typically takes years to fully develop. Can you describe some of the major milestones that one is likely to observe, say, going from a three-year-old child just beginning to think about writing to an adolescent who has already become a proficient writer? Okay, well, let's start with the three-year-old. Uh, a child of this age, we often think, knows nothing about writing. But many three-year-olds are actually beginning to learn about what writing looks like, how it's made. So they may begin to be learning that writing, if they're uh, learning English, uh, writing tends to be horizontal. It tends to be uh, these little small squiggly shapes. It tends to be in darker colors as composed to, as compared, for example, to drawing, which tends to be in uh, bright colors. So when you ask a three-year-old to write something, uh, you know, you might see something that you would, you know, just describe as a scribble. Hey, they're just scribbling. That's not really writing. But when you take a look at it, sometimes you'll notice, well, it is small little shapes. They're using a dark color crayon. Mm -hmm. These shapes are arranged along a horizontal line. So even a three-year-old is beginning to learn about some of the observable surface properties of writing. Of course, there's many things that the three-year-old doesn't know. And one of, the, one of those is just not, not even knowing yet that, that writing represents language. I mean, it's something that represents language. It has a particular way it works in which it represents language. And young kids don't know that. When we get up to adolescence, um, we see they have good uh, spelling skills, not only for the sort of basic vocabulary of English that comes from German, so words like teach or friend, that's sort of the basic Germanic vocabulary of English, but they're also learning about the more complex Latinate words, something like educate or amicable. Um, they've moved in their writing from just sort of what's sometimes called knowledge telling. You know, you're trying to write about your day at school. You just tell things that happened at school one thing after another. They're moving to what's sometimes called knowledge transforming. You're, you're using writing to, to think, to actually extend your knowledge, organize, organize it, uh, for the reader in a way that'll make sense to the reader, kind of taking your reader into, into account. So some big changes. Great, yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that a child has to learn in order to write is, is the connection between written forms like letters in English and the sounds they make. So what are some of the pedagogical moves or strategies that a a teacher or a parent 
might make to help the child make these connections? Yeah, so these connections between these letter shapes and sounds are arbitrary connections. There's nothing in the shape of the letter P, for example, that indicates that it stands for the sound P. And in fact, if you're learning Russian, that very same shape stands for the sound R. So practice is essential to learn arbitrary connections such as these. And parents and teachers can help motivate children to learn and to practice by, uh, in several ways. One of the best ways is um, by using letters from children's own names as a motivation. Those are letters that they're going to be interested in. So a ch children will uh, be able to learn the sound of the letter P, for example, if their own name is Patrick, or by reference to another child in class, class. name is uh, Patrick. So, um, arbitrary, arbitrary learning, you know, these arbitrary part associates, but by motivating children in some of these ways, we can encourage them to, to learn and to practice. So, do children that live surrounded by different languages or cultural communities show systematic differences in their writing progressions? For example, are there differences between children's writing depending on how systematically their languages map written forms onto speech sounds? There certainly are. Uh, let's take a language like Finnish, for example. Finnish is an alphabetic writing system like English, and it's one of the most regular and consistent uh, writing systems in the world. So that uh, every sound, Whenever you hear it in a word, it's always spelled with the same letter. If you see uh, a double K in a word, that indicates that it's a sound that's held for longer than a, than a single, K. single K. So Finnish so has these very regular connections between uh, spellings and sounds um, and is easier uh, in that way than English, which has more complex correspondences. Learning the basic correspondences of English that you teach in phonics, you know, B says B, A says A, that gets you part of the way to spelling, but only part, because there are also these more complex contextual effects. So for example, children need to learn that in English, uh, you double an L after a single vowel letter, like in the word ball at the end of a word. Whereas if you have a word like bail, B-I-A-L, where you have two vowel letters, there you have a single L. Now that's a rule, it's quite regular. Uh, we have many words that uh, follow that rule, not only for L, but also for S and for F. So it's, it's highly regular, but it's more complex. And it's not the kind of thing you get in learning you know, these very simple, basic uh, spelling to sound correspondences. So learning those more complex um, context-driven regularities is something that is definitely harder for a child in the United States uh, than for a child uh, in Finland. So that would be an example of differences across different writing systems. 
There are also some differences uh, within a language between different dialects of a language, depending on, on how you pronounce words. So um, where certain kinds of words could be easier or harder, um, depending on the particular dialect uh, that you speak. Uh, there was an interesting study we did a couple of years ago um, in Detroit, looking at uh, African-American kids who speak uh, African-American English. And one of the characteristics of that dialect is uh, in a word like salad, they would say salad, more like salad with a tessam at the end. Um, and they'll sometimes misspell that word with a T at the end in line with their dialect. So this is an error that, let's say if you're a teacher who's not familiar with or hasn't really thought about the kid's pronunciation that much, you're gonna see these mistakes, you're not gonna be quite sure where they're coming from, but they're systematic mistakes that reflect how the kids are saying the words on their own. So we don't wanna you know, react to these by saying, well, you're saying this wrong. We wanna react to them by saying, okay, you did a good job of listening to the word, and yeah, it does kind of sound like that, but uh, you know, there are some words that aren't spelled the way, quite the way they sound, and you know, salad is spelled with a D at the end. Uh, that's something you've got to gotta remember. So there's differences both across dialects and across languages. I'm curious about the relation between learning to read and learning to write. I'm guessing that these skills are highly correlated, but do we know anything about the direction of that causality? Does practice reading improve writing and also vice versa? And what does that suggest about the unique versus common skills in reading and writing? A person's level of spelling is normally lower than their level of reading. There are lots of words that uh, we can read but not spell. One of my examples is the word necessary. I can read that fine, but every time I go to spell it, I'm thinking about, gosh, is there a double letter in here? Is it the C that's doubled? Is the S that's doubled? Is it the R that's doubled? Everybody has words that they can read fine, but they have difficulty spelling. And these kinds and of these differences, differences between reading and spelling in level of performance make us sometimes think that reading and spelling aren't very closely related. But in fact, people who are good readers tend to be good spellers. People who are poor at reading are poor at spelling. Even though the levels are different, actually the correlation between those skills is amazingly high. The correlation is almost as high as it could be. I mean, correlations are always constrained by how reliable your tests are. But given the reliability of the test, the correlation is almost as high as it could be. It's almost perfect. Not quite, but it's really, really close. So the two skills are highly related, and that means that improving at one makes you improve at the other. So as an example, uh, learning to spell words, getting better at spelling words helps your reading. There was an interesting study recently where uh, college students were taught to spell words that they previously couldn't spell, like maybe hemorrhage. And it turns out that teaching them how to spell these words allows them to then read the words more quickly than they would otherwise. So that's a case of uh, 
this particular example of uh, learning to spell helping reading. Going the other way, learning to read helps spelling in many ways. For example, we learn new words through reading. We encounter words in reading that we might not encounter so often in speech. So we learn new words through reading, and then we use them in our writing, um, benefiting our, our writing. So it's really a two-way street and uh, mostly skills that are in common between the two. A general issue that I'm interested in with respect to learning is whether and how explicit instruction helps. At a first pass, I might think that learning involves the slow development of skills by implicit learning, learning characterized by gradually building up associations and gradually honing skills. But I also wonder whether slow implicit learning can be expedited by the strategic use of explicit instruction, training learners on rules and strategies. Does the study of learning to write inform this general question of how implicit and explicit training should be combined for effective learning? Yeah, that's a great, great question. And I think the study of uh, learning to write is really a good way to look at uh, general questions like this. So um, to take a specific example, um, the sound uk at the end of an English word. If that word is an adjective, it's almost always spelled as IC, like in the word basic. If the word isn't an adjective, the spelling is more likely to be something other than IC. Uh, for example, in gimmick, the noun gimmick is ICK. So we pronounce that sound at the beginning of basic and the at the end of basic and the end of gimmick. It's the same sound the way we pronounce it, but we spell it differently depending on whether it's an adjective or not. This is something that's not taught. Teachers don't normally teach this. People do learn this implicitly through exposure to words, adjectives, and nouns. They learn that, uh, you know, if it's an adjective, it's more likely to be IC than if it's a, if it's a noun. But this learning is really quite slow. Uh, we've looked at this in uh, college students, for example, and college students have some, um, they do use IC more often for adjectives than for non-adjectives, but not by as large an amount as you would think, given how regular that relationship is in the English writing system. So this implicit learning does occur, but it's pretty slow. You're still gonna find people making mistakes where they use uh, IC, for example, at the end of a noun. Um, and so this is the kind of place where explicit teaching has a definite role to play. We can, uh, you know, a high school, junior high school, high school teacher could talk about how, um, talk about parts of speech and could talk about how adjectives tend to have certain endings in their spellings, IC, for example, or OUS. Those are endings that are associated with adjectives. So um, as a part of the lesson on vocabulary and grammar, uh, these kinds of uh, regularities can be uh, pointed out explicitly. Um, we don't have a lot of research on this yet, but my 
guess would be that, you know, these are simple regularities. Once you're aware of them, yeah, that, that is definitely going to uh, help your, your spelling. So I think that the study of uh, learning to write is a really nice way to look at these issues about implicit and uh, explicit learning. You know, there's so much of a focus nowadays in many fields on implicit statistical learning. Yeah, it can buy you a lot, but it also, especially with real life complex materials can be really quite slow. And so we can't say, oh, just throw a lot of text at people and let them read and they'll just become good spellers on their own. No, we need uh, explicit teaching to sort of speed up and uh, make the process better. Okay, we're at our time limit for our conversation with Rebecca Treeman. Thank you very much, Becca, for your fantastic insight and expertise. And that's fantastic with an I and a C, but not with a K. Thank you for having me. Nice to talk to you.